Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. Once again, I am your co-host, Dallas Montague, and here in the studio today, we have another amazing guest, David White. And David has been a CEO and COO for over 25 years, and he has written five albums available on iTunes, and he has an amazing testimony. Today in the podcast, he talks about the promise of God that he works all things together for good. And he's here today to encourage us with that very same thing, and it's so true. It's such a great testimony of what he's going to share with us today. But before we get into his podcast and what he's bringing with us, I want to share a personal testimony about the same topic, all things together for God's good. As some of you may know, I lived here in Brazil as a missionary for about a year and a half now, and it's been incredible. I've been teaching English as my tent-making opportunity here to live as a missionary on the field and preaching in churches through the year and through the weekend, and it's been an amazing, amazing thing. I even got married here in Brazil, and God has been doing so much beyond I could ever dream is what he's been doing lately in my life. Just as I went from missions in Asia, in Thailand to Cambodia, and then to Brazil, and God is totally blowing me away with the things he's doing. And lately with the pandemic, things have been crazy. Things have been so difficult. And with our tent making as through teaching English here, it's been so stressful getting new students and people aren't really wanting to study during this pandemic time. People are losing their jobs and losing their money, their finances, and opportunities. And that kind of trickled down the ladder, and that's affecting us as well. And so my wife and I took a few weeks, and we were praying, praying, praying. We knew this month, October, would be a really difficult month financially for us. And a few days into the month already, I believe it was the 10th, I had a few more students cancel on us, and we didn't have enough to pay our house. And we were wondering, thinking, how are we going to do this, God? What are we going to do? We don't have enough money. And yes, we could call sponsors. We could call people to support us. But that wasn't the solution. That wasn't a long-term fix. What we needed were students for the next month going forward. And what we decided to do is we decided to fast and pray. And for the few days, weeks, we were praying and praying and praying. And we had no idea what to do. And God totally changed everything. Today, now, it's about three weeks from that moment. God, help us. God, give us a solution. Give us something because we don't know what to do. And he works all things together for his good. And that's exactly what happened in our life. God gave us a house here in Brazil. He gave us a house, a beautiful house in the jungle. And it's got palm trees, flowers, animals, toucan, birds, you know, everything you can imagine. It's so much It's just so good. I don't even have the words to express what God has done just in the last few weeks in my life. And with our students, we have three times as many students as we've had three weeks ago. 
And God totally changed our whole situation because He is our supplier. We ran to Him when we had nothing else, and He totally blew us away in a short time. Something that David mentioned in our podcast today was that He is an all-sovereign God, an all-powerful God, and He only feels hurt when He wants to out of love. And David said it a little bit better than that, but it really touched my heart because God saw us in our situation. And the pandemic, like David also said, it wasn't new to God. It didn't shock God or scare God. But sometimes it shocks us, it scares us, and we're not used to these things that are happening or coming. But God does, and He sees through it. He sees through the storm. And God is my supplier, guys. And if and I just wanted to encourage you guys with that as well. And David shared with me another amazing testimony of his life and how God has brought him through time and time again, and now he is his supplier. And guys, this is such an awesome podcast with David today. Stay tuned. We're going to get a word from our sponsors quick, and then we're going to get right into the podcast. But I'm telling you, this is a great podcast. Pay attention. If you guys are not a part of the family of Faith and Family Fellowship, please subscribe. We have more podcasts coming soon. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Done unto you according to your faith. This is one of God's promises to us, that when we come to Him in prayer, we believe that we receive that which we ask for. Without doubt, it shall be yours. This promise of ask, believe, and receive. Mark chapter 11, 22-24. According to your faith, let it be done unto you is a short ebook that reveals the power of God's promises about receiving by faith, filled with scriptures, guiding you on letting go of any cares or concerns that you may be facing in your life, and casting them to God in prayer by trusting He is able to take care of you. Get your copy today. May God bless and keep you. People around the world have been doing amazing work in community building. In spite of many challenges, or perhaps because of these challenges, there are hundreds of thousands of people who are working to make the world a better place. In Dr. Rev. Anne Hay Egan's new book, Building Communities of Hope, she shares many powerful testimonies of community builders that have transformed the world. Find this book on Amazon today. And so, David, I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks, Dallas. I see here that you are here to encourage our listeners today that God works all things together for good. And I could not agree more with that statement. Dallas, it's a guiding statement for my life. Uh, you know, if, if that statement isn't true, then I lost hope a long time ago. So it's, uh, it's something that keeps calling me forward in everything I do. And... Uh, it brings me to you know the place where you you have to confront uh, the reality of what grace is, what it has to offer. Um, you know whether you should give up on yourself or on others, or whether you should just trust that, uh, like truly, don't lean on your own understanding. Kind of speak, right? You know, would you be able to trust uh, that God does work all things together for good? That you don't have to stand in judgment of yourself or of others, but you can believe the best. And uh, and continue to hope for the best, no matter what you translate a circumstance to be like. So yeah, it's a it's a powerful guiding force in my life. And I can't help but touch on the coronavirus pandemic and how God still works all things together for good, even through this time, even when things are dark and things are hard. How about you? How has the pandemic affected your life? 
over the last six, seven months? Well, that's a, that's a pivotal question. Uh, you know, it starts out with kind of the shock and all that everyone probably experienced when all of a sudden things are starting to close. And I started to, I was telling my wife, it feels like the great pause, you know, the world just kind of <laughs> hits the pause button and everything's going to stop. And, and in business life, you're trying to figure out how you're going to, you know, make adjustments and all of those things get difficult. And at the same time, um, there's a, a release or a transition. So my story personally was, you know, 10 years, I hadn't done any music. It, 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 that's another whole story. But 10 years ago, it became very difficult to continue to do it. And it was a hard issue for me. And um, I just stepped back. I turned it all off. And when we walked into COVID uh, here back in March, I think from April, the date was actually April 2nd, uh, through a variety of circumstances, I began to write and record music again. Um, I mean, this would be my fifth album, and it was um, about 30 songs in 40 days or something like that. It just exploded, and all of this... Um, music that had been dormant in me for 10 years all of a sudden came out and I, you know, to say how or why or what, I don't, not sure, but COVID provided some of the time and, and maybe I'd even go so far as to say need, you know, you go into something like a, a season of COVID. I know that many are struggling with mental health and for me, uh, I have to be careful in that area that, um, that I continue to be diligent in certain things. And one of the things that really works well for me is to continue to be creative. Mm-hmm. And so COVID um, kind of provided the necessity to be co- uh, creative in a way, and also the time and opportunity to be creative. So it was this sort of, you know, collision of uh, events and, and circumstances that uh, provided this um opportunity or a tapestry maybe if you wanted on a visual perspective to be uh creative and so all of a sudden here's another album so the fifth album is birthed in a time that's difficult um so i you know i think that we can translate COVID as uh you know you could say it's a bad thing and yet on the other hand there's some good that comes out of it right away and um and then it opens up to opportunity for conversations with people and so, you know, judging good or bad is um, maybe a bit limiting. We have to be a little more open to God is not caught off guard by COVID. He's not surprised that it arrived and he's not surprised at, at where we are in our circumstance. And if he knows the count of the hairs on our head, then he sure, certainly understands the circumstance that we are in life right now. And that brings uh, more than comfort. It brings a confidence and uh, and when we uh, uh, yield to them, it also brings a peace. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing. I think you're right. And I think it's so interesting how God can use our personal relationship with him and how it's so different from another person, even through this time, that some people he teaches, some people he puts on pause, some people he brings peace, and how it's so much different for every person through a time like this. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I spent, uh, I've spent a lot of years studying resilience and there's various tools that uh, that I have used through the study and some of the coaching that I do. Uh, the Enneagram is one tool. It's been powerful in spiritual direction and uh, Myers-Briggs, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. sort of personality assessment tools. But you, you can definitely see how, you know, God has created us unique. Uh, each one of us is 
uh, different and uh, uniquely purposed with strengths in certain areas to bring into the world. And so those same uh, uniquenesses or strengths are going to respond differently in different circumstances. And um, depending on where we are at in life, uh, life situation, circumstance with, you know, maybe a father or or maybe still be a, a child growing up in a home or whatever life stage we're at, the work that we do, the circum, uh, circumstances uh, like social circles that we're in or country and the different um, demographics and financial circumstances, all of these things provide um, this massive uh, diversity um, in people. And so God is uniquely at work in each one of us. We can be confident of that no matter what the mix is. Uh, the mixes for our specific life. Yeah. And David, thank you for, for a little bit of that introduction here. And with your testimony, can you share your testimony with our listeners? Just give us a little bit of background about who you are and maybe a little bit mm-hmm. deeper than what we're going into already. Sure. Well, um, I grew up uh, the son of an Irish immigrant. Was, uh, my dad was 19 when he moved to Canada. And uh, that's only material in that it provides a bit of a background. He was kind of a restless spirit. And so from Ireland, Ontario, and then over to British Columbia and Canada here. And uh, uh, But I was only about seven years old when he had a uh, an accident. He was struck on the side of the road by a vehicle and was permanently disabled mentally and physically and institutionalized the rest of his life. And then five years later, my mother passed away. So 12 years old, I'm orphaned, um, and I'm the oldest of four, so our family kind of took it on the chin a little bit, moved in with an aunt and uncle for a few years, and I've been on my own since. So those circumstances provide uh, some interesting challenges in life, for sure, but uh, one piece of that that stuck with me, and I, I literally, as, um, as I'm reflecting on that, even as you're asking the question, I'm thinking, well, you know, when did I come to know Christ, or when did I come to believe that there was, you know, the basic question of there must be a God, and I, I honestly, Dallas can't remember a time when I haven't. So uh, there's lots of opportunity to walk away from something like that in life. Maybe you, know, you grew up in a home, and your parents taught you about God, and you walk away from it when you're a teenager and whatever. You know, I, I didn't even go through that phase. It's not that it wasn't, uh, there weren't challenges uh, in my life that I would, uh, I'll straight up say, disobey God. It'd be like mm-hmm. deliberately making decisions that I knew were wrong. But um, there's, I can't remember a time in my life when I didn't uh, believe that there was a God or that Jesus wasn't who he said he was. Um, and I just, in a pragmatic sense, it's like, um, I just find it easy to accept that um, all of creation speaks to the existence of a creator. That that's easy for me. I mean, I as an artist, it's easy. You know, I listen to somebody's music, and you, you listen to the song, and you go, "Who wrote that song?" You know, whose voice is that? Who, who, um, you know, Phil Kagi is a guitar player I admire immensely, and so when he plays, I think, man, you know, that creation speaks to him as a creator, and I find it's the same way for all of uh, all of life. I'm I'm looking out the, the window right now, and I see trees moving and we live at the lake and there's a little bit of water moving you know there's some wildlife out on there and all of those pieces all speak to design so when you see design you see designer and so that calls you forward just from a, a sense of connection with the creator but then you you know you encounter the life of christ and either he was who he said he was or he wasn't that's the decision for all mankind 
And when you when you look at uh, uh, prophecies of Christ in the Scripture that were fulfilled, or you uh, you look at uh, so many ways. I mean, I literally find that I can. I don't even need faith to believe that Jesus was as he said he was. I can actually look at historical text and mathematics and discuss mm-hmm. that, discover that. It, those have been easy for me. Then I think the question that people really encounter and what I've had to encounter through my life is when you run into trauma. So my dad's wiped out, my mom dies. Uh, are the promises of God still good? Can you? And that's where the rub of faith. That's where faith really has to kick in. Is, yeah. You know, Jesus was, he, you know, and he can, certainly, if he can speak creation into existence, that's easy. But will he? You know, will he act on your behalf? Will he work all things together for good in your life? Uh, when you're going through some of those traumatic circumstances, that's the question of faith. It's never been, for me, it's never been, does he exist? Or was Jesus who he said he was? It's always been, you know, in this circumstance, will God, will he move? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that's the question of faith. Will you doubt him? Will you doubt his? Um, is he still a good God if he takes your mother when you're 12? Or is that somebody didn't get enough sleep and fell asleep at the wheel? And sorry, if that's my dad's accident. Mm-hmm. Dad's accident was a guy fell asleep at the wheel and um, like, you know, is God still a good God? Or, and my mother dies of uh, heart complications, uh, heart stopped. Is he still a good God? He could have sustained it. Those are the questions of faith. I think you're exactly right. Wow, that's that's a deep testimony. Yeah, well, I'd I'd say thank you, but I didn't have any choice in it. I guess we only know what we know, right? But Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that I can still, uh, as I'm talking with you today, Dallas, you know, I hit senior this year for the first time. You know, the Denny's menu says I can buy the senior's menu, so I lived a few years, but um, I'm thankful that uh, God's been good to uh, yeah, to me through these years. And, um, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's an openness on our part or what, but God does continue to reveal. And if, uh, if we ask um, and just wait patiently for answers, I find that he brings them. So I think you're exactly right. After hearing that works all things together for good and your testimony now, that makes sense why you say it's your overall life message there. Yeah. That makes sense. And I do want to ask about growing up as an orphan, as an early child, how has your life been transformed since becoming a Christian? And with that saying the adoption unto Christ, I'll say it like that. Mm -hmm. That's a great phrase. That's that's a, I love the phrase actually Dallas you have me really kind of uh, that that did a little something in me. Um, uh, there's several scriptures that speak to uh, he's the father of the orphan, and uh, I do relate to that. There's some songwriters that have woven that sort of language into their lyric as well, and those those thoughts or concepts move me. So, um, you know, I I guess for me what it is is. Uh, uh, you know, you can know that God is your father and you can know he loves you. Uh, and then you've got to come up against uh, your imperfections. And so, you know, I, I have a son and I know that I'm always working on my relationship with my son. And I can't, I can barely relate to a relationship with a father because mine was taken when I was so young. So I didn't really, you know... Um, my relationship with my father was one where I was almost more the caregiver than he was. You know, he's disabled mentally and physically, and so I don't have that experience. But when it comes into the relationship with the father, I relate to this wanting to 
please him, you know, wanting God to be, wanting my father to be proud of me. And then you, you go out in life and you make all these often terrible decisions. <laughs> you, you uh, sometimes you're selfish or you're angry or greedy or whatever it is, this, this, you know, restlessness, you know, you can relate with Paul's words of who is to save me, this wretched man that I become. And uh, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do. And I think we can all relate with that at a basis. You know, if we're really honest with ourselves, we all want to be a better version of ourselves. And so, um, you know, wrestling with uh, this feeling of how do I feel with, you know, God adopting me as I, I, you know, I sense his love and I want to live better. And then you realize, you know, it's almost like you're incapable. And so um, what I've come up against is, uh, as I said earlier, this, what is grace? And I, as I have, especially here in the last uh, decade or so of my life, I've been thinking that grace, I've really come to a place where I believe grace is the most powerful word, word I know. I, I don't know another word that has as much packed into just a few letters. Because it's not, you know, it's not just... Um, God's grace will something. It's God's grace does something. It it's like, um, and it's not only uh, will done or is doing. It's also that it's done. So there's all these aspects of grace that as we wrestle to be better people, there's a peace that comes when we realize that God has adopted us as an orphan. And in a way, I guess maybe we're all orphans. But speaking from my personal experience, that. Truly, I'd, I'd love a father, and I want to please that father, and I want to live for that father. Um, there's this peace that can come each time I just go, you're going to make mistakes. You know, you made another one. Yeah, and yes, you even made that. It's a conscious decision. You did it knowing it was wrong. You took the cookie when he said no, whatever it is, right? And so you um, coming into a posture of grace uh, it allows you to just breathe and know that you don't need to earn it. You know, you, you're going to make mistakes. And so you continue to do the things you can, the best you can, just so that that's your gift back in a way. And it's your gift to others, your circle of influence, the people that you that you interact with. Try to be the best form, uh, best person you can be. But there's a peace that comes when when you realize that grace is complete. It's um, It's something that's done. It's being done and it will be done. And um, I think those are, uh, that's probably the, the thing I would answer back. It might be an odd answer to how I feel about being adopted by God, but I think that that's the gift that he gives in that relationship that inspires me to continue to walk with him. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned grace and the power of the word grace, and that led you into creating a podcast called Grace No EQ Podcast. And so I want to go into that a little mm-hmm. bit more. I guess the concept for it is one that's been percolating for maybe a couple of decades now. You know, I, uh, as I was a leader in uh, companies young, I started very young. I think I was a general manager when I was 22 or something. And, uh, and some of that comes out of this whole desire, you know, you're an overachiever as an orphan, a lot of times trying to prove your worth. And that comes out of an insecurity and it doesn't, actually work all all that well. There's lots of counseling appointments that have kind of brought that reality to, to an understanding. But um, as uh, you're working as a leader, 
you um, or I, I guess, want to wanted to always have this more altruistic impact. So, uh, leader in uh, my first company was a meat processing company that I worked with, and I really wasn't content with having, you know, just more sales and profitability and things that you know business metrics are always um, in you know steeped in. I I wanted to have an impact in people, and I realized that quite young that. Um, if people around me sort of grew up in confidence and ability, then that would, you know, I felt better as a leader. And so uh, that kind of followed me throughout my career. And I went into some consulting and did some short-term, um, a little bit of coaching and things like that as well. This is uh, also you know, a decade or more ago. And uh, definitely moved from, you know, business to strategy to corporate culture and then to leadership resilience and then, realizing that as uh, people, we all are leaders in a way because we all have to lead ourselves. And so you come to this whole life. I re- actually I remember that the day I was sitting there wrestling with one major leadership issue was uh, uh, doing an interim sort of executive pastor role at a church and wrestling with the, the concept of transformation. And so the question for me was, when when do you know that we have transformation and who is the best example of that? And really, really, that caused a big pause. You know, how could I be confident that transformation was happening? What did it look like? And so uh, that's when I first really started to encounter the concepts of grace. And then all that starts starts to merge with uh, leadership and EQ are such a big deal. Uh, you know, I had a, a coach. Yeah, well, actually, that's the beauty of it. It's it's actually uh, EQ from the music is this blending of you know, tones and you can talk about harmonies and chord structures and all kinds of things. So it's rich that way. And then on the philosophical sort of leadership coaching side, it's the emotional quotient. So it's like IQ meets EQ, right? So I'd had a coach that said he'd hire EQ over IQ anytime because people that could be emotionally stable could be, you know, postured to learn. But uh, people that might be very intelligent but not emotionally stable would be reckless in the way they applied that intelligence. And so that was his conviction. So this whole, and then grace note as a music metaphor is also rich. Um, A grace note is this ornamental addition to to an arrangement. So you have these, they're sort of like little option notes. So I look at life as this song that the great composer God has established and he's invited us into this part of the song. And it's just a small part, you know, it's been going on for a long time, but we we have this important addition to the song that he's inviting us to make. And uh, it's I just find that picture beautiful uh, to join God in the song that he's writing, his song throughout all of history. And um, and grace being the predominant part of that, it's a free invitation to just be what he's created us to be and not be uh, worried about being somebody else's note or that our note's good enough or not. It's just be the note that God's created to be, play it well. I like yeah. that. It's like you, you're the only person that can be the note that God's created you to be, you know, so whatever that ends up being, it's you. It's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Yep, you you said it perfect. And so a little bit more about your show. What are some of the topics that you talk about on your show or maybe plan to in the future? Yeah, it's uh it's starting out young here so first the first one I started out with I 
I actually decided on a really simple structure. I, I um, want to do just a warm, sort of empathetic, compassionate tone and take a word. So uh, the first one was pause. And so the importance of pause. And I talked about how, um, you know, uh, yeah, I think it was Henri Nguyen that said there can be no growth uh, without pause. And so Viktor Frankl would be another philosopher, uh, psycho- psychologist that I, uh, enjoy lots of his writings, and um, he says, uh, in between stimulus and response, there is a space, and in that space lies our growth and our freedom. So I just talk about, you know, what is that space? It's a pause. You know, something hits you, you react, there's no pause, and so if we can insert a pause, then you can choose. And so, you know, for 10 minutes only, talk about pause, and so i I like uh, kind of looking at those kinds of concepts in life that um, that bring us to a place of, you know, really two words. Or the whole podcast is built around two words about resilience and grace. And so, you know, what are the principles that uh, God's uh, given us to live that can help us to be more resilient? And how does grace enable that? Um, those, that's really the concept of the podcast, I guess. And then you know, drawing from musical analogies or life analogies or work analogies and, um, you know, choosing. Uh, there's one podcast coming up here that I've, I've been talking about being, doing, and becoming and how our work is something that God gives us to do that actually helps to shape us. And mm-hmm. sometimes we went off the bus. We've had too much of this particular challenge. and But, it, you know, we can bring that back into alignment just by recognizing that God works all things together for good. And so those kinds of concepts come back into play. And, and you know, who's responsible for the transformation? Is it us or is it God? And so thinking about how does grace impact our becoming? And, um, yeah, it's, 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 so it's like this. It's like you and I are talking right now. I I just, it's a monologue at this point. I, I don't really have any plans to bring guests on. Uh, not that I won't in the future. I just thought for the first while that we just, you know, just talk to people for a bit and uh, have a few people in mind. Then invite someone later. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something else you were going to mention about that? No, I I think, yeah, I just have a, I think the thing that was on my mind is I actually have a few people in my mind that I, that I have in mind to guide my conversation. So I'm literally having a, it's a bit of a monologue for sure, but I'm doing it as a conversation with a good friend. And so that's kind of what people are tuning into. Here's uh, me talking about a subject uh, with an imaginary friend, I guess. And, uh, you know, just as I would say to anybody that we might, you know, we'd be having a coffee and we'd be talking about something. This is what you would hear. And I do want to talk about your music. It sounds like it's been such a huge part of your life. I've never talked with anyone who has five albums and so I definitely want to mention that before we end the call today. And so just for our listeners, can you br- break that down a little bit more about your music? Yeah, for sure. Well, it, it, it came out of, um, as a lot of art does, it comes out of, uh, you know, sometimes traumatic circumstances or something spawns us to start doing music. And I, I trace the root of music back to uh, just after my dad was, uh, put into long-term care. Um, my mother played the accordion. And so, you know, I enjoyed listening to her play and I heard a guitar player once uh, that really kind of inspired me. And I, and I asked my mother to buy me a guitar. So I'm 12, 10, 12 years old, somewhere in there and uh, started just kind of playing. And literally, uh, I'm all 
pretty much self-taught. I think I maybe have taken a handful of lessons, just enough to learn how to build some chord structures when it's on landings. And mostly it's been by ear. And uh, But always it's been... Um, I I think it's a prayer language for me. It's like it, it's not that I write worship music per se, uh, but all of them are writing about uh, things that I think about. So I think the first song I wrote is called Faithful, and uh, and it's on the very first album, and it's a song about just thinking about the faith of men that uh, trusted God. So. You know, think of the some of the uh, the end of life where some of the disciples were quite, you know, being crucified upside down or drawn in quarters. Mm-hmm. Not the way I want to go necessarily, and and uh, and yet they hung on. And so that was the first song. And then one of the last songs I've written here, it's on the fifth album. It's called "I Hold On," and uh, it's the song is written about holding on to the words that are life. So you can relate to the disciples uh, when they're standing there with Christ and he turns and looks at them and says, what are you to desert me as well? And they say, well, where are we to go? You know, you hold the words that are life. And so I think once you've encountered that, when you've encountered Christ and you understand, you know, uh, there is a God, Jesus was who he said he was and his words are life. Where else are you to go? And so music for me has been that journey, even though there was a 10-year pause. It was a, that was a painful season in my life because I really I loved music. But um, there were some politics, you know, church politics that got wrapped up a little bit, and it became painful. And I'm not saying that I know I wasn't partly responsible for that. It's just the way that the thing unfolded. And so rather than wrestle with it, I couldn't do music inauthentically, so I turned it off. I just didn't think I could, you know, just manufacture it. So I'm really glad to have it back. And this album has been, it's called Open Water. And uh, one of my favorite songs is Rides on the Horizon. Um, it's a song that's written on, you know, just a reflection on some scripture that I was doing. It's uh, Elijah sitting at the table having himself a meal and the servant comes and says, they were surrounded, we're about to be obliterated. And, he says, keeps eating, you know, he says, uh, Father, just open his eyes to see what's around us and that they that are for us are more than those against us. And servants' eyes are open to see the hills are just filled with the armies of the Lord. And um, that's that kind of mental, you know, picture, image in my mind is what was on, going on when I'm writing Hope Rides on the Horizon. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, lift your eyes to the hills. Where does your hope come from? And uh, so it's all music's always been like that for me. I, you know, some scripture or life circumstance, somebody's testimony or something will spur something. It's just like you just kind of got to write it or work it out. And, and uh, or it just kind of yeah. stays there. Yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah. Huh. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's what it's been. Yeah. So I don't know if there'll be a sixth. I just kind of play that by ear. I. There might be, a, I think I can imagine continuing to create in music um, you know, after writing as much and recording this fifth one and now going into the podcast. You know, as I said earlier, I always have to be creative. I'm healthier when I'm creative. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the scriptures that uh, has been on my mind the last few months is, you know, keep throwing, casting your bread on the water. And I think that's. Uh, you know, what we do, you and I both now in podcasts is uh, you're just sewing. You know, it's 
kind of putting uh, truth out for people to um, allow God, respectfully allow God to work in and through uh, whatever we create, that he would have an impact in it as he sees fit. You know, it's not, I um, just want to follow the conversation he's having with people and and try to join him in that and add some food for thought for people to reflect on and trust that he continues to work in their lives, all things together for good as well. And I do want to mention for our listeners that all of these albums are available on iTunes. Is that correct? Yeah, just two of the five. Uh, and that's probably, I, um, I've debated going back and, and listing uh, a third one as well. The first two were, I guess as an artist, you you know you have to do the first one before you can do the second one. And when you do the first one, then you got to decide, is that something that's commercial at all or something that you can put up and that people would appreciate or whatever. And I, maybe it's my own insecurities. I don't know. I just haven't brought myself to put that one up. Uh, and the second, there was a live at the chapel one that I did that was, it was a different kind of album entirely. It was um, just literally a, a live recording. Um, it was a blast to do. It was one of the most fun to record live, but um yeah, so I'm not sure if those will ever make it, but there's there's two up on iTunes right now. One's called The Journey, and the other one's called Open Water. And uh, yeah, they're musically they're they're good albums. They're solid, and um, but you know some of the songs, like I say, the Wolf Hope Rides and the Horizons, one of my favorite on Open Water. And um, what does it take to break your heart? Is probably one of my all time favorite songs, and. Uh, it, it comes out of Genesis 6, 5, and 6, um, which I find is one of those powerful verses, powerful verses in the Bible. It says, God regretted the day that he'd made mankind. Well, that wow. doesn't sound great. That's terrible, yeah, right? And it says, there's <laughs> a lot of kind of encouragement you go to the scripture for usually, but you got to read the rest of it. You know? He regretted the day that he'd made mankind for all he thought about was evil all his time. So you get this picture of man just um, taking the gift of life and doing all kinds of things that were never intended to be because we've been given free choice. You know, it's an essential element in love. But uh, when you give free choice to somebody, they can also do a lot of damage. And so history is full of damage, right? Mm -hmm. But then it it doesn't stop there either. Uh, Today that he made mankind for all he thought about was evil all his days. And then it says it broke his heart. Well, how in the world can you break the heart of an all-powerful God? Because all he has to do is cease willing your life and you die. He doesn't have to actually allow his heart to be in pain. He chooses to. And that's a choice of love. And so I just, that has, even today, as I'm saying it, it moves me. You know, I just think about God allowing himself to be in pain at all for uh, for anything would be, that's a gift of love. And so, you know, he's also a God of joy. Uh, he's 100% complete in all, but uh, but he chooses to allow that. And, and I think that's the backbone of grace, that uh, we don't have to have any fear that we would be separated from God, that he actually he chooses to accept us the way we are. It's a beautiful, wow. beautiful I'm picture. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to have to study that because that touched me too. Like, wow, that's so true that he doesn't have to feel it, but he does mm-hmm. out of love. That's deep. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And David, your I will put a link below for our listeners to find your podcast and those albums you mentioned. And 
Would you have an overall message for our listeners today? What would you like them to take away from your presence here today? Well, well, I guess uh, what we've been saying along the way is um, God is, God can, and God will work all things together for good in our lives. And we can set aside our own understanding and uh, trust grace. Uh, I think the combination of that is a powerful, just powerful uh, mantra to live by, you know, uh, go out into a world with um, a sense of peace in our hearts that um, COVID or otherwise, um, God will continue to uh, to work in our lives and will continue to finish what he started and continue to live uh, out each promise that he's made. He's um, he is not one to not keep promises. So when we don't understand it, that's the challenge of faith. But um, yeah, and if you forget all of that, grace. <laughs> one word. That one liner. Yeah. Just write it on your hand, on your mirror, whatever. Remember yeah. that word, grace. Yeah. Hmm. You bet. Well, David, again, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. No, it's been my pleasure, Dallas. I've enjoyed the conversation. I think these are the kinds of conversation that, uh, you know, that the church truly as uh, people that walk with Christ are intended to have, that we uh, build up and encourage each other. And and uh, I hope that's what uh, my podcast will do. And uh, I believe that's what you're accomplishing through yours right now. And if we each take our, you know, the circle of influence that we have each day, we we have many podcasts, whether they're ever recorded or not, in each coffee conversation that we have. And yeah. so we can live that out with fullness. It's awesome. It's been a pleasure, Dallas. We'll just rest there at that. Yeah. Thank you. And David, if I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, that would be great. Oh, for sure. Father, I thank you for this time that Dallas and I have uh, spent together. Uh, we know that we're two or more gathered you're there and... Uh, we can be confident that you direct our steps and that what you've purposed, you'll bring to fullness. And so um, we don't know uh, who will hear this podcast. We don't know where they'll be at in life, but you do. And uh, we know that uh, you move in all of our lives with power. And so I just pray that uh, we would rest in that power, that we would just be uh, perfectly at peace in all that you're doing, especially in this season of COVID when there's so many questions and we know that mental health not strong right now, God, you're able, you're beyond and above able to support us uh, through COVID and uh, all the way in and through time. So, um, God, we just uh, rejoice that uh, you are trustworthy. And it's a pretty blessing on Dallas right now, too, and all the work that he's doing in this uh, podcast. And for the listeners that hear it, this episode and all episodes to come and all episodes that have been done, Bless his, uh, the work of his hand, uh, both in the fullness and the growth of his character and transformation, and also in each person he works with and meets. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.